This is P1 listener James Elliott, and you're watching the X Factor podcast. Now go be different or be invisible. Welcome everybody to the X Factor podcast. I am your uh, courageous co-host riding shotgun next to me is uh, the he now insists on being referred to as the almighty John Rennie, John like S. Rennie. Um, he insists that I give him free shout outs on his own podcast. Follow him on Twitter at John S. Rennie, where he is having an epic uh, Twitter beef with another uh, tweeter, Twitter, Twitter yes. user. Yes. Uh, at, at the coach Randall is the guy's name. I have no idea what their story is. I'll let John explain. But um, a little, uh, well, two housekeeping issues. Number one. This podcast is brought to you by our friends at Bottom Gun Coffee. BottomGunCoffee.com is your place to go to get the flavor of the season. Because yes. it is the season. It's that time of year. Mm-hmm. Go to Bottom Gun Coffee and get yourself some pumpkin spice latte, some of their pumpkin spice blend. And you can make your own latte, which I like a whole latte. Uh, it is my favorite time of year right now. If you're oh. listening to this sort of in real time, it is fall of 2021, where yes. people like me tend to break out their um, infinity scarves, their yoga pants, Lululemon preferably, no free shout outs, Lululemon, uh, and their Ugg boots and their their leather Han Solo vests that they wear over their uh, very fashionably tended to flannel shirts um because tis the season it's pumpkin spice latte season folks get with the program go to bottomguncoffee.com tell bill Mosier that um coach brew sent you it seems a little little hot for hot in spice latte season it's still like 100 degrees into my eyes through we're on zoom right now recording this and you might it might feel a little hot in there because you're looking into my eyes no, it's not that. It's and if and hang on, John. It's global people, warming. No, for people who are not watching on YouTube, you do not fully appreciate this because sure. um, our interim producer. This is what I'm referring to him now permanently as our interim producer, Parker the DFE, uh, has as his Zoom background a very very handsome picture of me uh, in my most GQ sort of pose and outfit. So John has been staring deeply into my eyes in Parker's Zoom background. That's what I was referring to. Oh, is that what it was? Okay. And it's like you're getting a double dose of me, me live and in living color, and then also the Zoom background. I find it interesting, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see this. Parker, in his handsome collared shirt, is striking the same pose that I am in his background, which is further proof that while he has his head squarely up your ass, he wants to secretly wants to be like me. He does. He does. I mean, who, who wouldn't? I mean, that's really the question. Anyone in the right mind, I think, is the correct answer, Alex. I'll take that awesome. for 500. Awesome. What is anyone in their right mind? So that was the first housekeeping issue. Go to Bottom Gun Coffee, get some pumpkin spice, 
And uh, the second housekeeping issue, let, let's we need to downshift into serious mode here, Jr. What's um, that? Do you want to tell them, or should I? Well, you can introduce it. All right. So we've been having issues with Parker, who's been instructed to remain silent. So his secret form of passive aggressive retaliation is to put up smart Zoom backgrounds because he's been muted. Um, so anyway, uh, we've had struggles with the young man. John refuses to fire him. I've wanted to fire him. Uh, our P1 listeners all want him canceled with the exception of Dan Lawrence, who um, I can't help but think like somehow gets community service hours for um, supporting Parker through all this. And, um, you know, he probably also like wants to save uh, the manatees. He probably does not kill insects in his home. He, he safely captures them and releases them outside, I bet. Um, he's probably into beekeeping because he thinks if we, you know, if we save the bee population, the world won't die. But anyway, um, mm. Dan Lawrence is the only one not on board with the hashtag cancel Parker movement, which uh, let's just say, Dan, if you're listening, which I know you are because you listen to all of our episodes on your commute, I'm profoundly disappointed. I've lost total disrespect for you. Anyway. And I'm just the opposite. I think I think it's great. I think it's great to support. I mean, I, I said this the other day. It's like spanking a puppy. You can't spank a puppy. Puppies are too cute. Um, no, but you can get one of those shock collars where you have the remote and you zap them into compliance. Not a puppy. You can do that with an adult dog, but not a puppy. We're going to argue about this all day. And that kind of brings <laughs> me in my next point is this got so bad. John and I went to mediation. We did We're about to break up, not a break, a break up, which yep. is more serious than a break. Like Ross and uh, what's her name? Rachel. We're on a break. This would be a break up where we wouldn't have an X factor podcast <clears throat> because uh, John let Parker come between us and kind of frankly made me feel like the other woman, John. That's what I told our therapist. <laughs> you did. Yeah. So anyway, uh, part of the mediation agreement was Parker would be, uh, he would not be canceled or f as the listeners wanted. He would not be fired as I wanted. Uh, he would be, he would be put on a performance improvement plan. Yes. And John, I'll let you explain. Um, like, I'm going to let you take it from here because frankly, I think any performance out of that kid would be an improvement over what we've seen. So I'll let you update the listeners as to what exactly all of this has meant the last couple of weeks and how you allege uh, he has straightened up and started to fly right. Well, I wouldn't give him credit for completely straightening up and flying right, but we, we did meet with HR and HR recommended that we do a performance improvement plan. So over the next uh, 30 days, uh, Parker is on double secret probation, which means that um, anything that we feel is unacceptable for his, you know, from a performance standpoint is um, in violation of that probation. 
So the problem, the problem is that would actually imply that you have standards for the kid. Yeah, well, I do. I mean, I think he's earning his pay, to be frank. I look at him nodding in agreement. Just the puppet. I think he's worth it's, every it's penny. It's really hard to see with the way he's seated. It's really hard to see you <laughs> uh, with your hand like on his back, pulling the strings, getting him to nod in agreement. But I know what's happening. The listeners do, too. You've been exposed, yeah. John. Yeah. I mean, I think he's earned his keep. For oh, what yeah, we pay he's him, a keeper, all right. For what we pay him, he's delivered exactly uh, what we expected. It's worth every penny. So I've also been instructed by our therapist not to... Uh, don't react. Not, don't overreact. Don't be right. so judgmental. Be gentle. Right. Yeah. And um, not quite so critical. Right. So we're going to crowdsource all of my feedback. <laughs> any of you have any complaints about him, don't email me. Email the show. Because um, yes, the uh, podcast inbox, uh, our mediator, HR, now has access to the podcast inbox. Um, so feel free to have no filter in what you have to say. I'll just leave it at that. That is... Um, <clears throat> Yes, that's sort of the behind the scenes look at the X Factor podcast today. Um, and to begin the show, this this episode number. What number is it, Parker? Hold your fingers up. You're now don't unmute yourself. You're not allowed to speak. Just hold your fingers up. Parker. Don't talk. Just hold your fingers up. In here. Good. It's episode 41, if I'm not mistaken, which I usually am mistaken. Yeah, we, we seem to get that wrong every time. 42, he yeah, says. 42. 42. He had to count with his fingers mm. and toes twice and then some to get to that. Um, X Factor Friends is the name of the show. And yeah. The topic, the topic du jour, which is a big uh, word for the topic of the day. Yes. And uh, there's a reason why we're doing X Factor Friends today. And I am going to pull up um, some information on my X Factor friend. I want to make sure I get some dates right. Um, so uh, while I do that, John, um, <laughs> since we basically don't have a helpful show producer. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say that out loud? Um do you, uh, do you, when I proposed this topic, who yes. was the person that immediately came to mind? In my life, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Who's your X Factor friend? Well, it's someone I'm going to talk about um, when I get to my turn, but um, but it's someone I've known since uh, freshman year in college and someone uh, I've been friends with ever since then. So, was through, this a uh, toss up? Did you have to like, you know, do like a pros and cons list of a bunch of different people, or did you just know right away, hey, it's this guy? No, for me, it was that guy, hundred okay. uh, percent. Only because from from longevity standpoint, he's he. I've I've known him longer than I've known my wife, which um, and I've been married for thirty years. So um, that's you. that's yeah. Well, she's uh, she's not a quitter, that's for sure. Yeah, glutton yeah. for punishment. Yes, quitter. No. Yeah. Exactly. So. so, 
Yeah, the uh, you know the person I wanted to pay tribute to is actually someone who recently passed away, uh, August nineteenth. Uh, an X Factor friend of mine passed away. So what I'd really like to do uh, in, to honor his memory is, you know, just share a little bit with uh, on the pod about him and to start with just a short moment of silence. We're not going to have a minute of dead air because that's professional, uh, you know, that's professional neglect on a podcast or behind a radio mic, but just a moment of silence. And there you have it. Um, that the, and I'm paying tribute today to X Factor friend Jack Cayley. Uh, Jack was born on December 18th, 1937. Passed away uh, from cancer. Fuck cancer, by the way. He passed away from cancer on August 9th. Don't bleep that out either, Parker, because I think that that's allowed when you're referring to cancer. That f bomb's allowed. I uh, passed away on August 19th, 2021. If you're uh, depending on when you're listening to this. Um, anyway, he's 83. He lived a very, very full life. He, uh, how did I know him? Well, uh, we coached against each other as college lacrosse coaches. Um, and this is a guy who's just absolutely done it all. Kind of the short version of his career, uh, if you want, like the quick bulleted points. I knew him when he was the uh, – I met him when he was the head men's lacrosse coach at New York, New York Institute of Technology. Um, he had a career record there of 185 and 33, which is good for the highest winning percentage in all of division one and division two sports. And, uh, he won four NCAA championships there in 1997, 2003, 2005, 2008. Um, he's a member of, I believe five different halls of fame, national lacrosse hall of fame, the East coast conference. Hall of Fame, the Long Island Metropolitan Lacrosse Hall of Fame, and the Sawanica High School Hall of Fame. So uh, just think about like legacy and uh, you know how accomplished the man's career is. He coached over uh, 50 years and uh, you know 85% was his winning percentage at New York Tech, uh, which is just incredible by any standard. And, you know, this is a guy who was, you know, he, he took over at New York Tech. They hadn't had a program for like 30 years. And when he took the job, they didn't have a field. They didn't have any lacrosse goals. They didn't have any equipment. They didn't have any players. Like he was starting something from scratch. They didn't have a locker room. He had no office. He literally had nothing to sell. And this is the kind of the X factor uh, lesson in all this was uh, he, he did that when I was a fifth year senior in college and we scrimmaged New York Tech uh, when I was at Fairleigh Dickinson as uh, I was um, a graduate assistant at the time. And that was their first year and they beat us pretty good. Their second year. Again, no field, no locker room, no nothing when he arrived. In just their second year, they're in the national championship game, which is wild. Um, they didn't win it that year. A couple of years later, four years later, six years into a program, he wins a national title. Um, one of several. But this is a guy who did all that, and he was completely blind in one eye. 
The X factor lesson with all this is he built something from nothing because people were sold on him. They weren't sold on the school. You know, it's an average school. You know, it's not unlike any other Division II school uh, on Long Island or anywhere else. Uh, it just had uh, far less in terms of facilities and amenities. They were sold on him. He was, uh, he was an absolute personality. He was a force of nature and um, just uh, was really someone who uh, was um, a student of the game no matter how much he won and how much he knew. And if you um, were hanging out in the hallway during uh, the national convention and he was on his way into one of the sessions, he would drag you, grab you by the arm and drag you in with him to make sure you weren't like you know, missing out on something. You weren't maximizing uh, every educational opportunity you had. If there was someone talking about lacrosse anywhere, he would go there and try and learn from them, regardless of how young, old, uh, experienced, inexperienced they were. Somebody that embraced a lot of alternate perspectives and saw things through a very different lens. And I imagine literally and figuratively, when you're blind in one eye, you literally see everything through a very different vantage point and point of view and lens than the rest of us. But, um, you know, the amazing thing, uh, one of the amazing things with him was, um, and this is very X factor. If you've listened to this show for any amount of time, um, you know that we're a big believer in take whatever everybody else is doing and do the exact opposite. And you're probably going to get a great result. And where he did that more than anything uh, was he used a zone defense, specifically a backer zone defense. Now, typically, zone defenses are used when you're outmanned, you're outmatched, um, you're not good enough to play man-to-man. But what he did was he used a backer zone defense and was very aggressive with it. Even when he wasn't outmanned or outmatched, he used a backer zone defense. He didn't play man-to-man. And now, the fascinating thing with that is he was the toughest team to prepare for because everyone else for the most part, played man-to-man defense. You're used to practicing every day against a man-to-man defense. And then you had to completely change your game plan, your scout. You had to change everything you did, and you had to try and replicate what he was doing to prepare for him. And, you know, whenever I scheduled him, I, I never wanted to play two games uh, that week or the week leading up to playing him because it took you a good week just to prepare for New York Tech and for Jack Cayley's backer zone. And it's just a classic example of X-Factor. Take the opposite of what everyone else is doing and you're going to get a great result. Everyone played man-to-man. He played his own. And at most zones tend to be by their very nature passive because you're outmanned, you're outmatched. He played his own. He made it super aggressive. <clears throat> trapping, double teaming, um, just absolutely like pressuring out on you the second you crossed midfield at times. Like it was, it was um, an art and a science as a coach, I can tell you. And uh, I remember early in my career, my first year that we played them, you know, obviously that zone gave everybody fits, but uh, the summer after we played them, you know, I had approached him. I said, Hey uh, coach, you know, feel free to say no to this. 
And if I were you, I probably would say no to this because we schedule each other. We play each other every year. They're real. They're like there could be national championship ram or playoff ramifications for you. Um, I'd love for you to teach me, you know, the ins and outs of your zone defense. I would love to, you know, try and incorporate some of what you do with my program. Um, but, you know, I, I know that that's probably not in your best interest. It's very much in my best interest. He's like, oh, no, that's fine. I'm happy to, John. And he takes out, you know, his planner. And he's like, when do you want to meet? Block off two days. And I thought he said, let's block off today. And I'm like, today? And he's like, two days. It'll take you two days just to start to kind of wrap your mind around what we do. I'm like, okay. So he gave me two entire work days, full days, uh, to teach me on film and on the whiteboard how he does what he does. Uh, this absolutely was not in his best interest, professionally or personally. Um, and I told him, I said, are you sure you want to do this? He said, yeah. And here's another X Factor lesson. You can copy somebody's plan, and this is in any industry, but if you don't have their personnel, you're not really copying what they do. Right. You can have the playbook, but that doesn't mean you can execute it. You know, I can be full disclosure with you about what we do, but you actually have to find a way to incorporate it and make it work for you. And most people would love to see, you know, like give us a peek behind the curtain, you know, at your manufacturing plant, John. And you could show them trade secrets, but they'd actually have to get off their ass, put in the work and find a way to incorporate it into what they do. Most people won't do that. So he um, cared more about helping a young coach improve and educating people and mentoring than he cared about oh you know this this um there could be a downside for me and it was a great lesson to me he's like i'm not going to show you how to recruit or how we recruit because as long as i have better players than than you i, I don't it doesn't matter if you know everything there is to know about my zone you still won't be able to beat us because you know you win with people and as you know, John, leadership is a people business. Absolutely. Yeah. So that is absolutely my favorite Jack Cayley story. I could tell a hundred stories like that about my friend. And, um, you know, there's just a great tribute to him on social media from a lot of lacrosse coaches uh, across all divisions with uh, very interesting stories just about how he's one of a kind and um just compassionate considerate and courageous are three of the words that describe him best according to his uh one of his former players and uh his name is rich donovan he played for uh jack at east meadow high school and then coached alongside him with the german national team um but yeah i would echo that same sentiment and i think any great leaders compassionate considerate and courageous and you think about like the courage it takes to be different than everyone else, to do the opposite of what everyone else is doing, because they're going to think you're nuts. 
Uh, you don't run a zone defense and get aggressive with it. You know, you do. You get aggressive with man-to-man -man defense. Like, no. So he didn't listen to the skeptics. He did his thing, and he made it work to the tune of five national championships. Uh, he coached the German national team, and he gave every single team on his schedule absolute fits. So shout out, uh, Jack Cayley. Love you, buddy. May you rest in peace. And uh, thank you for being an X-Factor friend. John Rennie. Yeah. You have an X-Factor <clears throat> friend from college. I do, but I just want to say one thing. It's interesting. Yeah. He, uh, Jack actually wrote the book on lacrosse. He actually Literally. has a book called Lacrosse Essentials that is on Amazon today. You can find it. And, um, yeah, so the guy, I mean, he's pretty – he's in the Hall of Fame. You can look him up. Um, he uh, incredible guy, incredible coach, and uh, obviously made a big impact on the game and on everyone that uh, either – had to play against him or played for him. He made an impact on him. So that's really incredible. Yeah, I saw some of the tributes uh, you were you were posting on Twitter, but incredible guy. And uh, isn't it nice when you get a chance to, you know, have, you know, kind of be around greatness, you know? Yeah. I think it's a great um, – and, and not only that is that you were self-aware or you were aware enough to know that you were, you were ne next to greatness during that time. So, and, and that's a guy who could have gone on to coach at a higher level. You know, he decided yeah. he chose to remain at division two. <laughs> he really kind of felt like that's where the real work is small college level. And I think there's a lot to be said for that because, you know, never was, you know, I don't think ego was even in his vocabulary. He had every right to have an ego and he was very selfless and generous. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, the definition of leadership is, you know, there's a lot of definitions, but one of the things I've heard that I like is that, you know, you, you become a leader not to make money, but to make a difference. And it sounds like he he made a difference in the game. He made a difference in his players. He made a difference in um, the world that was around him, right? He wasn't looking for the biggest paycheck. He was looking for the biggest impact, and and that's what he did. And that's sometimes we – Sometimes leaders get lost and they think that they should be chasing big bonus checks and, and uh, you know, fancy offices and fancy cars and what have you. But really, it's about what is the impact you're making on others. And he sounds like a guy that made an impact on everyone he was around. Absolutely. Speaking of fancy offices, JR. Yeah. Look at you. Hey, I got a podcast studio. How about that? Cue up the uh, Jefferson's theme song. We're moving on up. I'm moving on up. I it, this is even. It's only half done. I'm starting to work on it. Um, my uh, my flag from the Sasquatch Flag Company hasn't arrived yet, so that's where it's going to go. I'm waiting for that. But um, yeah, so we're we've upgraded a little bit. Uh, I kicked my boys out of the house, and I've got two extra rooms, so I figured I'd make a podcast studio. And the Golden Retrievers have their own room now? In the oh, room. no, they are locked out of it because Marley has some serious gas today, and it is just awful. So she is that extra bedroom. That's their room? Not oh, yes. Office. 100%. They are locked in there with their gas, whatever it is. So, yeah, she's, uh, she's extra gassy this morning, so that's why she's out there. Yeah. That's great. So yeah, X Factor Friends is kind of interesting. When you said this, this should be our topic. <clears throat> the only person I could think of was a friend that I've had since a freshman year in college, and that's uh, Roger Gagnon. And uh, Roger was, uh, or is, he's still, he's still alive. He's still great. He's still a friend of mine. 
but he was um, he was my opposite in college, uh, and I needed it. And it was a really important. He was an important person for me to help me get through college because I went to engineering school. What's that? I was going to say, what you, he was your opposite. He was like handsome and smart. <laughs> what are you saying? What are you saying, John? Who's your opposite? So, yeah, so I did. I should have described that. So as, as an opposite to me, like he was intellect, he was intellectual. He was smart. He he was a straight A student for four years at and he studied nuclear engineering and he was a four year 4.0 uh, GPA. The guy was brilliant. He had an incredible um, work ethic. He studied all the time. He was uh, he knew how to get good grades. He knew how to perform. <clears throat> and that was, that was just the polar opposite of me. I was like, fly, I used to fly by the seat of my pants, do the best. I'd use common sense to solve problems. I would, I wouldn't study. I would, I would just, I'd wing it and try to get through things. <clears throat> and he helped teach me. Now we me. know where Parker gets it. <laughs> 100%. And he brought to me discipline. And 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 being able to study and putting the work in exactly. And um, what was funny was that he was he was a bit of a bookworm and he wasn't he didn't get out much. He didn't socialize. We roommates. We were roommates. We well, Just freshman like the year, odd couple. You're like uh, Oscar Madison, Felix Unger. One hundred percent. Yeah, my freshman year, we he 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 had the room across the hall from me, and then uh, sophomore, junior, senior, we were roommates. But. Um, yeah, I remember the first time he came over, he, he came into my, my room and, and we were both in ROTC and we had these things called our cover, which is like the white hat that you yeah. see Nick watchers wear. And they gave it to us disassembled. Well, he comes into my, my room and he's got all the parts and he's like, do you have any idea how to make this? And for me, I'm great with my hands. I've, I've got a good common sense, mechanically inclined. I'm like, yeah, here, let me show you. Here you go. He's like, wow. You know, so he thought I was smart, but I, but I, I never, I didn't have the book skills and he had the book skills. I had the hands-on skills. And the other thing of it, the other side of it was, uh, I was more social. I was, I'd like to go out a lot. I had a lot of friends and I kind of got brought him into that world and sort of like, you know, got him to see another side of what college is all about versus just studying and just getting good grades. So like it, all in all, I think he was good for me getting through college and I was good for him getting through college. Like, I think we were good, good friends from that standpoint. And the thing is like, we always were together. We went to Nuke Power School together. So we both got accepted in Nuke Power School. He's my roommate at Nuke Power School. And we got, I mean, Nuke Power School, and I write about it in my new book, is just brutal. It's a, it's a terrible, terrible place. Uh, it's basically- Wait, 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 you have a new book? I do, yeah. What's uh, that called and where can people get it, John? It's all in the same boat, and you can get it at allinthesameboatbook.com. And uh, by the way, uh, for Edward those Jones from the East Indian Navy endorsed it. If I'm not mistaken, did yes. And if you're listening to this podcast, I'm going to throw it out to you. If you use the discount code Deep at checkout, you get 20% off and free shipping for domestic shipping. So, Beep. and that you just get you just got a code that no not many people get. Beep B E E P. Is it what you said? Your mic cut out, John. I can't hear you. I oh, sorry. You said, sorry. You deep. deep. Deep at checkout. Yeah, I'm not, sorry. My dogs went crazy. Like they're barking oh, deep. out there. Deep. deep. 
Oh, beep. I thought you meant beep like like the ping from the radar in a sub. No, deep like deep leadership. Beep. Okay, sorry. Deep. Gotcha. Deep. Uh, so Roger. So Roger, uh, Roger Gagnon, he uh we went to New Power School together. Again, I was just saying it's like boot camp for geeks, right? They 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 basically were all engineers that go there and they just sort of harass you, give you a hard time. Only um only 60% get through Nuke Power School. Uh, Roger, unfortunately, didn't make it through. Uh, so he went into the conventional Navy. I went into the nuclear submarine Navy. And uh, we kind of separated from there. But he went on to get his uh, master's in mechanical engineering at Stanford University. Went on to have all these great jobs as an engineer. He got married, had two children. But uh, in January uh, 2020, so last year, his, his wife um, was in the kitchen she had a blood clot that went into her lungs and she just died right there in his, in his kitchen. So he, uh, he lost his wife. Um, both of his children have Down syndrome and they're non-communicative, so they don't speak. So he's now raising two children uh, on his own. He lost his wife. Um, and so, yeah, and what, what I like about Roger and what makes him the X Factor is that, um, you know, a lot of things like this would bring people down, right? So it would be hard to recover from losing your wife and now having to raise two children on your own. But Roger, you know, every time I call him, he's upbeat, he's excited, he's got something new he's working on, he's happy, he's figured out how to manage the children and have a career. And, um, you know, he's been bringing in uh, people to watch the children who are experts in dealing with Down syndrome. And He's just had a positive attitude about it, and he and and his attitude's contagious. Every time you call him, he's happy. He's got a great story to tell you, and life is good. And um, you know, I just think I puts it in perspective for me, right? I have, you know, I'm married. I got two boys uh, who are who are healthy. They're they're off in their lives and doing great things. I have it. There's nothing that I have that is when I compare contrast it to the challenges that he has in his life, and he has a positive attitude through all of it. It's like, I think that's X factor, right? How do you, how do yeah. you, regardless of what is happening around you, how can you keep a positive outlook on life and, uh, you know, and just keep fighting for the next day. And, and, and Roger's a great example of that. And, you know, it's funny cause I, I had a departure from uh, corporate America. One, uh, one job I left, I didn't leave on my own. I was actually let go and it was through a very political situation. It was very tough on me. And I and I and I recognized during that time is that I, I knew who my friends were, and a lot of my friends in corporate America sort of abandoned me, and um, because uh, just they they were they feared their their own jobs and what have you from because this was such a political thing, uh, but you know Roger was one of the guys that just never abandoned me, never quit on me, always was there to uh, you know be with you know. To boost me up and and you know during during those tough times when you're questioning like you know what just happened and uh you know when you're doing a career change that's not of your own uh, making that's a hard hard thing to deal with so he was a guy that was always there yeah foreshadowing for you parker do you hear this <laughs> like that's what we call a veiled threat that john just issued to you no but seriously john like you find i'm telling you you find out people you find yeah. out who your real friends are when you get fired. Yeah, yeah. Most people professionally, like in your professional network, probably won't talk to you anymore. They'll ghost you because you. it's all about what you 
could do for them. You can't do that for them anymore because you're not in right. that position anymore. Yeah. Right. I yeah. So I think that's one that's... hand the number of people. On yeah. one hand, the number of people that called me after I was fired. And my friend, my X Factor friend, Jack Cayley, was one of them. Yeah. That's a true friend. Yeah, that's a true friend. And 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 you realize you're true friends when things like that happen in your life. And uh, you know, it's funny. Someone once told me, and I think this is a really good story, that you know, if you can if if you can get six friends at the time you die that can carry your casket, then you're doing a pretty good job. You know, and uh and so I've always thought that. It's about the quality of friendships you have, maybe not so much of the, the quantity of friendships. It's having those deep friendships with a few people that you can really, um, that are going to be there for you instead of having a long list of people that you you owe something to or they owe something to you, which isn't a relationship at all. So, so two quick things, John. Number yeah. one, Parker, you're going to be one of the pallbearers at my funeral, Okay. Because you'll probably drop the casket and then you'll be able to let me down one last time. I knew that was coming. <laughs> Number two, John, um, it's going to be in my will, and you'll be the uh, you'll be in charge of making sure this happens. That um, is an open casket service, and I'm placed in the casket face down, so my critics can kiss my ass one last time. I like that. I like that. Do you still have critics, Coach Brew? Where they got haters? Critic? Well, if you don't have haters, you're doing something wrong. That's my theory. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've got a few haters. I don't have too many, but I have a few haters on a few trolls on on Twitter. I find occasionally. We'll get to that in a second. But I just want to say one thing about your X Factor friend. Yes. Uh, he is the textbook definition of resilient he really he is. is yeah he and, is um it's also a great lesson for everyone it's a great lesson in instant perspective yeah we think we have it tough we think we're dealing with adversity we have no idea like our lives are pretty easy compared to many yeah no he he definitely has a hard road i make it a point to call him as much as i can and he always is cheerful and upbeat and happy to talk to me and happy to tell me things that are going on. And, and, uh, he's actually working on a, he, he's, he's kind of a, he's a geek. I love him. He's, he's just a super smart guy. He's got a 3d printer in his house. He's printing me a, uh, he's making me a submarine for up on this bookshelf, uh, that's nice. printed a, of, of the USS Tennessee. Uh, he's working on it. I should have at some point, but, um, uh, I really think Joe Rogan should give you his old studio in Austin that he stopped using. Yeah, it's yeah. Like a tube. I mean, yeah, that was actually kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, it'd be kind of like you could make it your own submarine studio. It's kind of like being a sub, I imagine. I know, I know. Yeah, I, uh, um, yeah, I, I, I just, I got some more work to do here, but I'm just glad to have a place where I can just come and you know plug yeah. my computer in and I've got everything all set up versus you know used to be in the office so. Awesome. Um, yeah, yeah, it's good. By the way, if you if those of you watch on on um, YouTube or BrewTube, that uh, is a, a silhouette of my grandfather's ship from World War II. It's the USS Frost, and uh, and he uh, he was kind of my reason why I ended up going in the Navy was he was my my hero, and that was his ship, the silhouette of his ship, and my boat right behind it. So, kind of shout out to my grandfather too. Who, by the way. 
He's featured in chapter eight of my new book called All in the Same Boat at allinthesameboatbook.com. But it's a great so, little story. Uh, yeah. What's our policy on free shout outs to relatives? I, I think it's free. It's not. Okay. Yeah, he's 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 passed away, so he's no longer with us. So he's not getting any royalties or anything. He just in my memories. Hell, I wrote the forward to your first book. I didn't get any royalties. You did. Yeah, you did. By the way, that book is selling like crazy, Coach Brew. I don't know what is going on. I don't know what well, happened. Some some people say what when happens. You... The algorithm, like when yeah. you publish a new book. Yeah. It's just like a musician releases a new album. The people that discover that musician yes. for the first time through the new album are like, oh, wow, they have more and they buy their back catalog. So you're what you're experiencing are people buy who found you for the first time now buying your back catalog, which is really cool. Yeah, no, I I I I'd heard that was going to happen. I didn't think it was going to go as crazy as it has. Now the the old book is selling more than the new book. Not surprised. And I'm yeah, I'm, so it's kind of I mean, cool. I didn't so. write the forward to the new book. You know. <laughs> well, no one wrote the forward, so you don't have to be. You don't have to be uh, uh, upset. I, I I really was working hard to try to get. I'm not it. upset. I'm just proving that you're riding my coattails. <laughs> no, hundred percent am. Hundred yeah. percent. No, so, I mean you've written um, thirteen books on leadership performance. I think fourteen now, and um, well, and I'm just trying like to keep work. A couple of them are like workbooks. So, yeah, yeah, but I I um, I got to keep up. I'm I'm way behind. Yeah. yeah. So tell me about your Twitter beef that you have going on. Oh, this is kind of a funny thing. So uh, for those of you who uh, follow me on Twitter, and I've got, you know, I've got quite a few followers on Twitter, I've got a beef going on, uh, which with Coach Morgan Randall, which by the way, um, yeah, is featured in one of your books, Coach uh, Morgan Randall. Is that at the Coach Randall? It is, yes, he's at the Coach Randall. And um, he is a lacrosse coach from a small school, and um, he is, uh, we've got a beef going on, and I don't even know how it got started originally, but uh, every reply, every response, every, to each tweet uh, has a country in it. So we are going back and forth using countries, um, and this has been going on for four days now, and um, it's getting, as the number of countries as we start using up countries, it gets harder and harder to reply and respond to these tweets. So the uh, responses are getting more creative and more uh, fun. So if you have nothing better to do with your time, go take a look at the Twitter beef between myself and Coach Morgan Randall. And uh, please chime in because this thing is just, it's been going on for four days. This, uh, this is the guy who you had tweeted about a llama antibodies being used to fight. Um, yeah, it started you know, that out, word, exactly. That, that word that we can't use for fear of being censored on social media. Llama yeah. antibodies being used to fight um, uh, the pandy, so yes. to speak. Um, yes. And he wrote, you've gone to be kidding me. And then I think your reply was Namibian serious. Yes. And then he and said, then, yeah. then mark your territory. And I said, can you give me a break? And then it's just Armenia, on, your friends, as weird as you, gonna check now. So if you want to just see uh, two. Uh, it's yeah. got to be a hundred of them at least by now. It's been going a long time. That's good. <laughs>
So well, anyways, that's a kind of a fun thing. And by the way, Twitter, you know, you, people can just sit there and yell at each other. And uh, But if you're not using Twitter, you're not using Instagram, you're not using these as tools to learn and have a little fun sometimes, then you're, you're if you're just going to, if you're just looking to be offended and, and just shout at the, at the world, I don't know, you're not going to get a lot out of it. Yeah. Um, so you, just um, use that to, use it to grow, use it to learn, use it to make connections and use it to have some fun, have a few laughs. You know. And self-promote too, you know, like yeah, yeah, absolutely. people are afraid to sell or self-promote or brand themselves. I primarily use social media for branding. Um, you know, like you, you could put a post on Instagram of your product or service, a direct call to action on Twitter or Instagram or wherever. And it's going to get more impressions than if you, for free, yeah. than if you paid thousands of dollars for a billboard on the side of the highway. And that's yeah, absolutely. Bad. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the other thing is to be genuine with the with social media. I think a lot of people I see are trying to follow certain formulas and uh, do things the same way, and and everybody sort of starts sounding the same after a while because they're following yeah. the same sort of uh, okay, you got to do this for the algorithm, you know. But instead, be be genuine and be real and be authentic, and that's just like in real life. We don't want to be around fake friends, right? We want to be around our authentic friends. Yeah. So. yeah. Um, and with that in mind, you know, as we're wrapping things up, like we don't ask for reviews. Uh, give us a five-star review. We don't do that. We ask for you to listen and we want to earn a review. We want to earn the little thumbs up on YouTube. We want to earn a subscription. If you feel you've gained value from the information we've shared whether it's this episode or any previous one you know there's a an overwhelming number I, I looked at the data on our page there's an overwhelming number of our um, viewers aren't currently subscribed and um, I'd like to think that maybe they just forgot to subscribe and they have us bookmarked or something uh, but we'd love to have you subscribe if you think it's worth your time. We've earned uh, the right or the privilege, I should say. Yeah. And if you have questions, comment, you know, share with people. You're getting yeah. this for free. You got to pay for John's pictures of his feet on OnlyFans. You're getting this podcast for free, you know. So uh, share it up with people you think could benefit from it, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, absolutely. We're, we don't do this for we don't, we don't do this for a lot of fame and glory and money. We do this because we, we, we care and we want to help share lessons uh, that we've learned over, you know, decades of running businesses, decades of, you know, being leaders in this industry. So, uh, yeah. Parker, Parker does it for fame and fortune. Yeah, I, I think he's more popular than we are, Coach I Bruce. know he's more popular than we are. Look at um, him. Rugged, handsome, good looks. You're allowed to speak now, Parker. <laughs> He's got his shirt uh, unbuttoned. I mean, he looks like a young John Travolta from Saturday Night Fever right now. Oh, if yeah. If you're not watching on YouTube, head on over, take a look at him. Um, you're probably going to want to uh, applaud and throw money at the kid. But yeah, we're yeah. so we're so fortunate and blessed to have Parker on our team. 
Now, some people might like Magic Mike. We got Magic Parker over here. Prince Parker. Prince Parker. Or is it? No. Oh, it's Princess Parker. Sorry. Princess. Better yeah, X Factor. 2021. He can identify as whatever he wants. Hey. That's all I got for you today, John. We, That's all I got as well. So. Yeah, so go ahead and buy you some uh, Bottom Gun Coffee. Go to BottomGunCoffee.com, our sponsors, and you know, get some of that coffee. Get some pumpkin spice if you want to, but uh, Morning Blend's my favorite. Go ahead and get some and uh, be different or be invisible and have a great day. And I want to remind everybody one thing. Oh. my public service announcement. If you wake up tomorrow morning in a bad mood bitching about your life, just remember... You could be running for the last plane out of Kabul Airport in Afghanistan. So remember, when they play our national anthem at some meaningless, trivial sporting event that you purchased an overpriced ticket to, and you're drinking a $12 domestic beer, and basking in the safety our great country provides you, stand up, pull up your freaking pants, take your hat off, place your hand over your heart, and appreciate the sacrifices others have given that let you enjoy this freedom. God bless America. God bless you, John Rennie. God bless you, Parker. I'm out. This is P1 listener Sarah Swenson, and you're listening to the X Factor podcast, the place I go each week to find recommendations for other podcasts.